Warning, the Motion Picture Association of America requires that we inform you that this episode of Derek and Mindy's Fun with Movies contains massive spoilers that could ruin a first-time screening of the film covered in this episode. So, if you don't want to know that Darth Vader is Luke Skywalker's that Goose in Top Gun, that is really Kaiser Sose at the end of The Usual Suspects, or that Bruce Willis was a the whole time in The Sixth Sense, then proceed with caution. Powered by Transistor FM. Grab your popcorn, silence your phones, and tell your friends to shut up. Do not adjust your projector settings because what you're about to hear is real. The Derek Duvall Show presents Derek and Mindy's Fun with Movies. Prepare yourself for insight and honest reviews from a married couple with varying movie tastes. Hot takes, hotter insights, and news you can use. Now, coming to you live to tape from the Derek Duvall Production Bunker, it's Mindy and Derek Duvall! Hello, Duvall Nation. Hello. Hey, everybody. Hi. Hey, thank you. Welcome, everyone. Welcome to another fantastic episode of Derek and Mindy's Fun with Movies. I'm Derek Duvall. I'm joined with my lovely wife, Mindy. And we're here to talk to you about movies that we find interesting. And Mindy, go ahead and tell us what movie are we going to be talking about today? Well, Derek, today we are going to be talking about another Oscar-nominated performance, not for the best movie, but for best actor. This is Brendan Fraser in The Whale. The Whale. Now, anybody who knows me knows, who knows me knows, that's great. Anybody who knows me knows that I am a huge Darren Aronofsky fan. I know Mindy is not. She I not typically had... do not enjoy Darren <laughs> <Hosky> films. <laughs> it, he's an acquired taste. I will be the first to admit that of acquired taste. But Indeed. he makes such great, unique films. And The Whale is, without doubt, another excellent footnote in his amazing filmography. Uh, basic plot is there's a man named Charlie. He is a morbidly obese. And when I say morbidly obese, we're talking 600 pounds. He is a gay man who is basically coming towards the end of his life. He's very depressed. He is trying to reconnect with his estranged daughter. And the basic of the movie, basically, it's very, very small cast. Not many people in this film. This film has been very well received, numerous accolades and numerous nominations for all the big prizes in terms of like film awards and stuff. And only didn't get a Best Picture nomination for the Academy Awards. It also has a Best Actor and Best Supporting Actor and a few technical awards as well for the Academy Awards coming up in a few a few weeks. Also, which kind of surprised me, I went and looked on Robin Tomatoes and it has a 66% critic score, but a 91% audience score which you don't really see that very often. That's, that is a little uh, lopsided, but uh, everyone unanimously appraised for Brendan Fraser, who I've been so happy to see him back making movies again. He is such a great movie star. In my opinion, before he faded off into the distance, he was basically, he was ruling Hollywood. You had him in The Mummy. You had him in... Uh, uh, what was that one? Blast from the Past, which was one of my little guilty pleasures, and so much more. And to see him back now, you know, making serious movies, he's going to be in that new Martin Scorsese one that filmed here in Oklahoma. He's in that. Uh, he was supposed to be in a Batman movie, but I guess that one got killed. 
But uh, no, great to see him back on the world stage. Great to see him back making movies and getting the uh, accolades that he so much deserves. I think he's going to win the best actor. I really do. I would agree with you. Spoiler alert, because we will be doing a, after we have watched nearly all of the ones that we want to for the Academy Awards, <laughs> we are going to do another Derek and Mindy's Fun with Movies on our Oscar predictions. But yes, we both agreed vehemently after we saw this movie, like Brendan Fraser is going to be hard to beat. If Brendan Fraser was not nominated this year, I guarantee Austin Butler for Elvis would win. There's no question about it. But Brendan Fraser, he just, I mean, we're talking like swung for the fences and he connected and that ball still hasn't landed yet. So um, that being said, and I've been, I can't believe I get to do this now. Let's turn to The Notebook. I'm going to ask you one more time. Will you? Or will you not go out with me? Okay, okay, fine. I'll go out with you. No, don't do me any favors. Say it. I want to go out with you. Say it again. I want to go out with you. No, no. Not that notebook, Mindy's notebook. Oh, okay. Well, that makes more sense. All right, Mindy, go ahead. Tell us about all the amazing things you wrote in the notebook. Well, we went and saw this movie in an actual movie theater instead of our home theater. So it was a little, I know, because it was only playing in theaters and we really wanted to see Brendan Fraser in this. So uh, it was a little bit harder to write notes in a dark movie theater, <laughs> but I did jot some things down. And then after the movie, I went back and kind of patched some things together. So uh, the first thing I wrote down was 238 over 134. So when we meet Charlie, Brendan Fraser's character, uh, his friend Liz is a nurse who comes over and helps take care of him. And she he has like this episode. And when she gets there, she takes his blood pressure and he's like, what was it? And she's like 238 over 134. And I was like, Oh my God, that guy should go to the hospital. And he was like, I'm not going to the hospital. And she's like, I know you're not going to the hospital. Like she just like, didn't even address it. She was like, cool. I, I know you don't want to go. So I guess I'll just do what I can. But I was like, Oh my God, that's, that's crazy high. Like he could probably stroke out in his house. So, mm -hmm. uh, that was one thing. I can't remember what she said. She said something about God, Charlie, why are you doing this? I'm just going to stab you. And he was like, go ahead. You can, he was like, my internal organs are at least two feet in. You'd never stab me. Like, I was <laughs> like, well, that's some dark humor. Um, and then I put, you know, once we see, you know, Liz leaving, you know, for the day or whatever to go to work, we see that he lives in the top story of an apartment with st only stairs. So I was like, I wrote down, he has not been out for a while because he lives on the top floor. Like he, he needs help. He needs a walker or something to get around his house because of the amount of weight he's carrying. He can't physically move around. So there's no way he's left the house. Um, I also wrote down brutal Heimlich. So Liz, who is kind of, um, what do I want to say? Like placating him and just giving him whatever he wants. So she's bringing him trash food to eat all the time, which I think is kind of irresponsible, but um, so she brings him some big sandwich. So he's sitting there on the couch and he's eating the sandwich and she's washing dishes and telling him, you know, better day or whatever. And he starts choking and it took her a minute to realize it. So she runs over there and she's like, you're going to have to rock with me, rock with me. And so he, you know, they get him rocked over on his side. And then she's just jumping on his back, like with all of her might to get this piece of food out of his throat. And I was like, whoa. So I wrote down brutal Heimlich. Um, I also wrote down just kind of a tidbit. So there's this kid named Thomas, I think. 
and he comes to Charlie's house or apartment door and he's like from this new life church and he's wanting to, you know, preach about stuff and tell him about all this crap. And he is from Waterloo, Iowa. So I just wrote that down because that's where my grandparents are from. That's <laughs> where your mom's from too. Well, that too, yes. I'll get to the end. But then when we were talking on the way home, I said, I shared something and Derek was like, oh, really? And I was like, what? You didn't get that? So when he's having this episode where like his heart could probably explode and he could stroke out, he thinks he's going to die. And Thomas, this kid that was coming to preach, you know, door to door happens to be there. And he, and Charlie gives him this essay that was in this like plastic protective sleeve. And he's like, read me this, read me this. And I, at first I thought it was just to like help calm him down, like something grounding. Like if he was having a panic attack, you know, it was something to help ground him. But I, you realize that it's, it, he thinks he's dying and that's the last thing he wants to hear before he goes. And so he reads this essay and it was about Moby Dick and some student of his, you think had wrote this essay from a long time back. And he was like, this is like one of the best essays. And I just really wanted to hear that if, if it was my time. And I was like, Whoa, then throughout the movie, we get to meet his daughter, Ellie. And so you get to know a little bit more about Charlie and kind of his life up to this point, kind of how he got to this state because he tells someone, you know, I, I'd always been a bigger guy, but I'd never been this big. And so when Ellie, his teenage daughter was eight, Charlie left his wife and daughter and pretty much abandoned her and, you know, came out of the closet and he went on to live his life, but he, kind of abandoned his daughter and he felt bad about that. And that's kind of what this movie is about is, you know, in his final days or months or whatever he has, he's trying to reach back out and reconnect with his daughter because he feels bad that he's missed so many years of her life. And um, so anyway, it just, I, I just, we were talking on the car ride home. I was like, this story was just so beautifully woven all the little pieces that kind of click together at the end. So we find out that Thomas is with this new life church and Liz, the nurse who's Charlie's friend finds, or is like, Oh yeah, my dad was real big into that church and they're a load of shit and you shouldn't be around them. Like, and also Charlie doesn't need to hear that. So why don't you just piss off down the road? So on your, find, on your bike, on your bike, <laughs> you would say. <laughs> And so then we find out, okay, so Liz's dad was in Life Church. She hates Life Church. Then Liz tells a story about how her brother was really into Life Church. And, but then he came out as gay and the church kicked him out, but he was still so into this lifestyle and this, not lifestyle, this cult, basically, that this church had kind of turned them into he was so depressed. He quit eating. He quit taking care of himself and he ended up killing himself. So we find out that piece. Then we find out Charlie, Charlie's partner was Alan, who is Liz's brother. And it's like, Oh my God, that's so sad. Like, so basically when Alan, Charlie's partner died, he just started eating his feelings and he never stopped. Like he, like there was one scene where he got really, really upset about something and he had ordered his daily two pizza, two large pizzas to be delivered. And he like takes these pizzas to the fridge and starts piling other food on them. Like he is just totally binging. 
and you just, he's just sad. He's just trying to eat his feelings. And it, it was just a really sad picture. So anyway, I just thought what a beautifully woven story that you don't really get to see until towards the end where you're like, oh my gosh, this piece fits here and that goes together. And that was Liz's brother was Alan, who was Charlie's partner, who was in this life church that this kid is in. And it's like, oh, it's like this beautifully woven story. I was going to say to you, um, before you finish the notebook, I do want to ask one question. I've shown you many Aronofsky films over the years since we've been together. Would you say this was your favorite of all the Aronofsky films I've shown you? Oh, hands down. Yeah. The only other one that I sort of liked, but was kind of just appealed to my creepy movie watching side was that mother movie he mm. did. And it was really messed up. So, oh. <laughs> but this, yeah, this is probably my favorite one because it was just, it was a, it was a heartbreaking story, but it was like a one man trying to like get redemption before he died. And it was, it was beautifully moving. I think the same thing you saw that movie, The Wrestler. I think that kind of as well touched on that. The kind of thing that you know, the father's trying to reconnect with the daughter before he dies and so forth. So that's when I saw this, I was like, oh yeah, that's kind of like the same general, uh, you know, plot line for the for the wrestler, which was another great Aronofsky film. Mm. So the other thing we learn is that so this daughter that he's estranged from. He gets her to come over and start visiting him, even though she kind of hates him a bit. And he's like, I'll pay you. I'll pay you to come over here. And he's like, I'm, you know, I have like $120,000 in the bank and it's all yours. If you just come over and like write some things for me and, you know, we'll hang out. And she's like, yeah, whatever. Like, why are you trying to parent me now? You abandoned me like eight years ago and haven't really seen her much since then. But um, then we see, so he's, she's about to fail out of high school and he's like, what's the thing that you need to do? And she's like, I need to rewrite some essays and resubmit them for grades. And so he tells her, I'll help you with that. Cause he's an English teacher. He teaches online college, um, English or literature online. And so he helps her rewrite this paper while she's about to storm out and he's like, wait, don't forget your essay. And so he gives her this essay and she didn't read it. She turned it in and they're like, they said this essay was awful or whatever. And he's like, you didn't read it, did you? And she's like, no. And so she starts reading it. And it's the essay about Moby Dick. And I was like, oh, my gosh, that's like it just uh, like all those things. And that's the thing that you didn't know until the car ride. I was like, yeah, that whole time, that whale essay that he read over and over and over again for years was his daughter's essay. Mm -hmm. So I just thought that was moving. And then, um, so yeah, so I just wrote down the whale essay with a big exclamation mark in my notebook. <laughs> and then I put the score at the end. So he's dying. He's definitely like, oh my gosh, he's, uh, you know, in distress. They, Liz is calling an ambulance probably to just take him away because he's just any minute he's going to pass. And he has his daughter. <laughs> I'm going to cry. <laughs> <laughs> Anyway, so he has his daughter read him that whale essay. <laughs> and you see that he, in his mind, he goes back to this memory of like their last vacation as a family on the beach. Mm -hmm. And he gets himself up. And then as she's reading the essay, his feet get lifted off the air. And it's like, oh, he passed. And that was the last thing he got to hear. <laughs> That's powerful. Very powerful. Yeah. And so while she's reading that, like the score is just swelling and like 
all the uh, all the emotions you're already feeling are just like amplified by just mm. this music that's playing it's like it's so beautiful and heartbreaking and anyway uh one of the things also that i i kind of took away from that the very last bit what well, you're exactly what you're talking about is another scene that you get very emotional with and that's the end of men of honor where he's standing there and he's like you know you will stand up and you will take your 12 steps you know and you that gets you every time and when he stood up and was walking towards her that's what was playing in my head you know and i was i i and i want to watch that movie again recently so we'll have to do that again but yeah that's what i took away from that and also you mentioned the score this is one of the first aronofsky films that doesn't have clint mansell as the composer which is they're kind of like married together and they had uh rob simonson who's done other amazing uh scores notably off the top of my head he did the ghostbusters movie that just came out uh, two years ago the adam project which we watched together uh and and, and numerous other uh, ones as well like you know and and so i was really really kind of took blown away when i saw the credits i didn't see uh clint mansell's name there also of note, I didn't realize that the original person cast in this movie um, before it went to production was uh, James Corden. James Corden was going to play the Brendan Fraser role. I don't James see it. James Corden from the late night show? Yeah. The guy that you do not think is no. funny or anything? No. And I'm so glad he's no <laughs> longer. Be no way. <laughs> yeah. And uh, George Clooney was originally uh, considered to direct this film. Which has, that's an interesting choice as well, because he's a great director in himself. We also, before we get to the final phase, there is something though that needs to be addressed. And it's it's really occupying the news cycle when it comes to the whale. And that is there's a lot of controversy about Aronofsky casting Brendan Fraser in this role when there are uh, other actors who are, you know, in that body size that were not cast. And it's I see where both sides come from on this, but it's like Aronofsky says, we've been using makeup and, you know, body prosthetics in films for years. You know, the, the, in my, in his opinion, the controversy makes no sense. It's like, you know, he, he's the actor that I wanted in my movie. You know, he's the actor that I believe could convey the emotions of the character that I wanted him to portray. Yeah. There's, I cannot picture anybody else in that role. Like just having him see, having seen him play that role mm -hmm. with such emotion. And I, I just, there's just no, I cannot picture anything else. Like yeah. we've, we've watched other movies and you know, you say, Oh, this person was supposed to be that. I'm like, see that. I just cannot, like, you cannot mm -hmm. tell me a name of a person where I'd be like, Oh yeah, I could see that because he mm -hmm. did so well in this role. Mm -hmm. Like so good. And I then, Oh, go ahead. I think he basically, I mean, he worked with the obesity council. I mean, they showed him like how obese people go to the bathroom. How do they sleep? How do they think? It's not like they just, you know, you know, like they said, oh, yeah, go over here and pretend to be like they did their research. Yeah. And I think that he was always really careful in any of the interviews that he did to be respectful of people who might be in that situation. He, he didn't want to make light of it or. Or fun you know, of it. say anything yeah he didn't he didn't he treated it with the respect that it deserved because there are people living like that and he didn't want to do them a disservice so i i thought that was pretty good um the last thing i was going to say so i wrote down that the credits played to the sounds of the ocean and whale sounds mm -hmm. i thought anyway that's what it sounded like to me do you know what i took away from that we were the only people in the theater 
Yes. But but if there had been people in the theater with us, I guarantee they would have done the exact same thing that we did. And that was we didn't say a word until we got out of the theater room, out of the building, actually. We walked out of the building in silence. I, so I took away from that. I was like, wow, that's how moved we were. And when we were walking to the car, we both looked at each other like, what did we just watch? Like, what did we just witness? That was powerful. Yeah. Also, it uh, was good that nobody else was there to see all my ugly crying because <laughs> <laughs> there were tears streaming down my face for like the yes, last five minutes of the film. <laughs> there were. All right. Even so now, I mean, I was crying just talking about it here. Like, even for the rest of the evening, like it was really moving. Like, yeah. anyway, so yeah. definitely, uh, uh, we would recommend, I would recommend a viewing right. this. <laughs> All right. So, we're going to go ahead and take it now to our final phase of Derek and Mindy's Fun with Movies, and that is our scores. So, Mindy, go ahead and tell us what is a one star? Bloody awful. Two stars? Bloody uninspired. Three stars? Bloody average. Four stars? Bloody brilliant. Five stars. Bloody marvelous. And since you shed the most tears, I'm going to let you go first. <laughs> Is that what we're doing now? <laughs> Let's not let that be our thing. <laughs> well, I think maybe audience, you can tell what I'm already going to give this film. I, It was incredibly moving. It was a beautifully woven story with bits and pieces that just fit together at the end. The performance by Brendan Fraser was amazing. His friend Liz that played the nurse, I think she's the one that's up for Best Supporting Actress for this movie. It was just such an amazing film, portrayed by amazing people telling this amazing story that was very sad, but they did a great job. The score was amazing. I mean, I could not ask for anything better for this film, so I'm giving it five stars. Bloody marvelous. Bloody marvelous. Well done. All right, so I, too, uh, was very, very moved by this movie. There was a part of me, I sat there watching, and I was just bewildered because they make you part of the story. You're witnessing this incredible character study, and you kind of forget for a second that this is a film. This movie did that and then some. And I felt you know, the internal struggle. I felt the estranged daughter. I felt the estranged wife. And I felt, you know, all these, you know, eating your emotions and all these things that we humans do on a regular basis that we don't realize sometimes that we do. Brendan Fraser hit a grand slam, rounded the bases, came back and hit another grand slam as far as I'm concerned. Absolutely the best performance I've seen in an actor in years. So I give this, and Aronofsky as well, and they, another great uh, hit for him. I give his film five stars, bloody marvelous. All right. Well, I want to thank everybody for tuning in today. Uh, before we let you go, I do want to remind everybody that we are sponsored by Jerky Pro, and we want everybody to go to our website. We have a link for Jerky Pro on there. Remember to use the promo code Duval37 at checkout for a 5% discount on your purchase. Other than that, folks, thank you again so much for tuning in for another episode of Derek and Mindy's. Fun with movies. You keep listening to them. We'll keep making them. Until next time. We'll see you at the movies, Planet Earth. This has been a recording of The Derek Duvall Show, and we thank you for listening. Please go to our website, DerekDuvallShow.com, to explore past episodes and find links to purchase merchandise. Please subscribe to our social media channels on Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook at Derek Duvall Show.